So hi, this is uh, Mike Edelhart, and I'm here with another edition of Inception, our podcast about beginnings, the beginnings of companies, of careers, of new science, and sometimes even a little glimpse of the uh, future. And I'm here today with uh, one of our very first uh, European uh, uh, portfolio uh, companies, uh, uh, Renato Churchi, and uh, uh, from Kaura, and your company in some ways is kind of all of those things uh, together, future, uh, now. Uh, so uh, if you would, why don't you explain to folks a little bit about what it is you guys uh, are doing over here? Absolutely. Thanks for having me. But uh, yeah, at Kaura, we really, um, we started the company with uh, the aim of really redefining the way that we access health information. And um, what we've done is we've actually built uh, advanced sensing technologies that can sample biomolecules in the human body continuously and in a painless way. So uh, what this looks like basically is uh, it's not quite a patch, but it's sort of a patch. And you put it on your skin and it stays there while you're exercising, working out, whatever. And it can pick up uh, blood sugar and, and all those kinds of things from your body while you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. So if you historically look at how um, we just generally get a biometrics about the body, we kind of rely on wearable technologies, but these are just limited in what they can actually sense. There's usually heart rate, sleep steps. But really, if you want anything beyond that, usually you kind of have to go to a lab, which makes it a slow, cumbersome, it's a painful procedure. And um, what we've developed is the, yeah, exactly this. So it's really um, the way that the device looks like, it's just a, it's a patch that you place on your body, continuously analyzes those metrics. Uh, so really going beyond the skin barrier. And um, yeah, and initially starting with glucose and lactic acid, uh, but then eventually being able to expand to other, um, to other molecules down the line as well. So let's talk about that for a minute. So the patches on the outside of your body, the glucose and lactic acid and all the stuff you want to know about is inside your body. So how do you get all that information from inside your body from something that's outside? Yeah, exactly. So it's um, so really it's a smart piece of technology. Um, so we're using microsensors, specifically speaking, microneedle technologies. So what they do is um, they're actually extremely tiny microneedles that sit on the patch. They penetrate the first layer of the skin, and we can sample the interstitial fluid in the body. So that's basically the fluid between your cells in the body. And um, we can access there glucose and lactic acid, as well as other molecules, to be honest. And um, yeah, that's how we access it. And we don't draw any of the fluids, so the sensing happens actually at the tip of the needles, which makes it a super fast and, and um, yeah, very like painless user experience as well, because we don't hit the nerve endings. Right, so uh, used to have to be from the blood and all that, and now you can basically get the same yeah, exactly. information from just inside yeah. the skin. Yeah. yeah, so really, the aim was this one. The aim was to break the, the three biggest problems associated to accessing health information, which in our opinion was pain, cost, and time, and just really removing those and um, going towards a flawless, flawless user experience. So how did you come up with this? And, and you and your co-founder, so you're part of sort of a, a two-person duo yeah. who cooked all yeah. this uh, up. So, um, uh, uh, you know, what's your background? How did, how did you uh, come up with this idea and decide that this was the best thing you could do with your time and talents? Yeah, definitely. I think looking back, there were more than one thing that kind of brought me towards the, the, um, the company that uh, we're, we're building now. 
uh, but historically, basically, I grew up in Rome and I wanted to be a football player. And um, uh, I wanted to make it pro. And, you know, there's something about Rome and growing up there where people live football like a religion more than a sport. And, um, and that's exactly how I lived it as well. I just wanted to be a professional football player. And growing up, that's the first time I really got a glimpse of what it means about kind of looking at your body differently, about how what you have to optimize to kind of reach the peak of performance. Uh, between one thing and another, I kind of uh, gave up, gave up on my dreams of becoming a football player. On one side, I thought I wasn't going to make it. The odds were not that great. So, um, so I went further and um, I actually studied. I joined um, uh, the bioengineering degree at Imperial. And that's Imperial College. Imperial College, yes, yeah. Imperial College. And um, I went to study biomedical engineering. But um, really, biomedical engineering is a massive field. And I started to focus early on biosensing and biosensing technologies. And um, that's where I met Raf, actually. So we met, initially we were just friends. Uh, we both kind of had crazy ideas. That's why we went into bioengineering in the first place. But um, once we met as friends, then we worked as lab, uh, as lab mates as well. And uh, we were both really passionate about the biosensing field. That's what we specialized on early on. And um, just already from there, we started working on all sorts of crazy ideas, from sampling sweat to saliva to even urine, and kind of looking at different ways in which we could, uh, which, we, which could challenge the way that we can sample the human body. Um, the way that we see it, the future of health is not a cumbersome and scary procedure to actually find out about what's going on in your body, and it should be something that is happening all at the background uh, without you even noticing. And yeah, that's how we progressively went into the idea we're building today. So um, there are a lot of cool things done in labs, uh, but cool things done in labs don't always turn into really great products or great companies. So what was it that you guys did or are doing that you think will make this the really cool thing that comes from a lab that will be a great product and will produce a great company? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Um, I guess on one side, we were always kind of frustrated by the fact that we saw all these amazing pieces of technologies in the lab, and we stepped outside of the lab and never saw anything commercialized. Um, building, a, I guess, a biotech company is kind of, it's a very difficult process, and it was very, very scary. But um, I guess the one key thing is that we always had an eye on who, who we were going to eventually be selling the product to. And I guess uh, when you're in academia, there's kind of this, um, there's this temptation of working on a product and, and endlessly just optimizing it and making it better and making it better. Then you step out and then you realize that actually the way that you're building the product, no one's really actually going to be using. And to be honest, that's the same mistake we made. Uh, we spun out initially uh, wanting to work on, on, on a biosensor that we thought was going to change the way we sample the human body. And then only the moment in which we started speaking with the athletes or speaking with the people that we want to sell the product to, we realized that actually they're most probably not going to be using it like this. And um, so that directly influenced and shaped the way that we're building the product today. So who are you intending it for? Is it for Olympic athletes? Is it for weekend duffers who want to, you know, get 5% faster? Is it for uh, uh, college coaches or um, whom? Well, initially what we were focusing on is um, really the, the elite athletes realm. So working with the best physiologists, the best football players, Olympic athletes um, that we can basically develop and, and that want to use these devices. Also because they're already doing so many physiological tests. But the way that we see it is, um, I guess for, for us, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, what we see is we already know that people are inherently more interested in knowing and, and getting hold of their own personal health information. And um, 
right now um, that that's a, that's a similar kind of progression of the product that we see ourselves um, really using it initially with the elite the best physiologists in the world but then making that level of training insight and and health insight available to the to everyone and it starts with the people that want to run marathons maybe people that are really keen about optimizing the diets but eventually down the line uh, we see this as something that could be integrated with vitamins hormones stress markers uh, hydration markers and really it doesn't matter what your life goal is as an individual. You could be using one of our products to, to just optimize your lifestyle. So uh, uh, you're creating uh, or surfacing information. Here's your lactic level. Here's your glucose level. Here's what it was two minutes ago. Here's you know, which is great. But how do you fill in the gap? Okay, here's my glucose level. Now what do I do about it? Or here's my lactic acid level. Does that mean I should run slower? Does that mean I should sit down immediately? So uh, what's the context in which the data you're creating through the device is going to be uh, used? Yeah, that's, um, that's a good point. Obviously, for a lot of people, just the raw value of, of lactic acid or glucose doesn't really mean that much in the context of their daily lives. Um, so what we're really building towards is something that is um, really accessible to anyone. Um, so if you look at, for example, lactate, uh, we could be guiding athletes through the optimal training intensities. So really like red zones or green zones of workouts and making sure that you're really reaching those the sweet spot of intensities. Um, if you look at glucose, um, I guess, yeah, just the raw value of glucose doesn't mean that much. But if you start looking at the fluctuations, you have a glucose throughout the day, you can really start fine-tuning your diet based on which foods give you a big response in glucose or or don't give you a big response of glucose so we could have a general score of how much how good or how bad your diet was on that particular day um, but yeah the emphasis for us is definitely going to be something that is accessible to the final user and making sure that the feedback that he gets from these results are not just raw numbers but actionable uh, towards you know dietary regimens or changing their workout regimens and, and yeah their lifestyle in general so where will uh, folks that are listening to us talk first see this, whether they're in Europe or in the States or wherever? Will uh, this be something you'll see at the uh, Tokyo Olympics or uh, will they be seeing, uh, you know, uh, ads from some big athletic brand with this or uh, 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 next uh, Champion League season or what? Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Ho- hopefully we'll be... Ideally, we'll have some athletes competing in the in the Olympics kind of wearing it to, for their training at least maybe not during competition but for their training and um but really i think down the line we want to make this as ubiquitous as a, as a phone is i guess in a lot of different industries you've kind of got this um the specialist application technology that made it to the hands of everyone um and that happened to a lot of different industries but maybe it didn't happen yet with with health the closest thing to it is a wearable but they're still so limited that there's so much we still have to find out about the body and um, the grand vision, the aim that we have is really to make it to make it like a phone. And in the end, it's going to be something that people are just going to be wearing just because it wouldn't make sense for your health and for your well-being if you're not. So if we imagine a world where everyone is walking around and what's going on in their bodies is available outside all the time to doctors or trainers or nutritionists or yourself, uh, just to speculate a little bit, how do you think that will change life? How might that change sports or medicine? Yeah, that is a good question. Um, I think there's, I'm a bit conflicted myself as well, actually. Because um, on, on one side, I think it's, um, it's always good when people are empowered with their own data. 
uh, first, obviously, it's their data, and then whoever they choose to share it with, they choose to share it with. Uh, but on the other side, I do feel like health has to be something that I don't have to think about. Uh, the thought of being sick kind of scares me, and I think it's true for a lot of people. And um, ideally, personally, I'd, I'd like to believe there's a system where something is tracking me on the background, and it only tells me to go to see a doctor or to do some further inquiry if something is wrong, and only if something is wrong. Um, but on the other side, I do I do see the benefit of me being able to track my well-being on a daily basis. So I'm kind of conflicting myself as well. I don't know if that answers your question. No, it, it doesn't, but it's all new. I mean, uh, if people are aware all the time of this kind of information, on the one hand, it could become kind of an obsession. People are already, you know, they get a scale and they weigh themselves once a week and then once a day and then once an hour. And maybe uh, in this, the same thing almost uh, uh too much information in a in a, a way, uh, and yet uh, this could be a, a way to really fundamentally improve things. If if you're eating and the glucose uh, levels and the glucose fluctuations can lead, for example, to type two diabetes, picking this kind of thing up early, it could really change that and keep many people from potentially becoming symptomatic in the first place yeah absolutely i think yeah definitely um definitely if i guess that's the stepping stone towards kind of shifting the focus of healthcare from a curative system to a preventative system and you know like everyone knows that just preventing disease is always better than just curing it or treating it and um but right now it's so difficult to align the incentives between having a preventive approach because i guess the the results are less short term um, so I guess people kind of slip away and kind of uh, don't care about the diets on a daily basis because they kind of they don't see the direct feedback on a daily basis. Whereas having something that maybe could show you the direct feedback on a daily basis would definitely kind of start making you question about if I should be valuing my diet or not. Yeah, I think that's that's going to be the interesting thing to see. It's sort of human psychology. So the uh, corollary might be. Um, you know, do this and you'll never feel pain. Uh, never be in pain that's uh, obtrusive or gets in the way of you doing anything. And after a while, humans being humans are like, oh, I don't need this so much. I'm not going to be in pain. On the other hand, if you have someone who's in complete agony and you go up to them and say, take this and your agony will stop, there's a clear and immediate perceived benefit. Yeah. Thank you. What relief. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I kind of wonder if this is available all the time that it may need to sort of consciously or in an engineering sense rise and fall. So just remind you a little bit of here's what happens if you're not doing this right. You like the way that feels? Okay, we're going to back off now. Uh, something cyclical, or as you say, people might just take it all for granted and then start uh, uh, sliding away. Yeah, I guess so. Uh... Yeah, who knows? I guess at this point we're, we're going into like human psychology. Um, but yeah, who, who can predict what's going to happen in the future, to be honest? Um, but it's, a, it's an interesting, uh, yeah, thinking, thinking experiment, thought experiment. It is. Uh, but what about, you know, getting, I'm not sure if the right word is practical, but bringing it back home a little bit. So looking into the future, say, five years uh, for you guys yeah. with this uh, novel science in hand uh, what's the world you can imagine you're part of are you a worldwide dominant sports brand are you a, 
uh, a, uh, an intrinsic part of the daily life of everybody on earth or uh, what? What does the company become if things go as you hope they might? Um, in five years, I think that's I think that's the stage at which we'll probably start to assess really what we want to do as a company. Um, in the short term, I see this company as being something that is very much sports oriented. Um, so really focusing on these athletes and making sure that everyone can start to have the elite level training insights on a daily basis. And then we'll reach a point, I think, where we have to make a decision where are we going to make this um, a health, just general well-being brand and start integrating a lot of different markers and making sure that everyone in the world should be using it or really start or, or stay in, and, and, and really fine tune and really focus on the athletic market. Um, which, well, personally, what I get excited by is the fact that everyone could benefit from a product like, my, uh, like ours. But then, uh, but then there's a, you know, once, once you start building the use cases with athletes and once you know that you, you know the athlete, athletic market really well, sometimes it becomes difficult to build use cases which go tangentially hand in hand with that, with that market as well. So, um, so yeah, that's an interesting, that's an interesting, um, an interesting point. I think from, from what we're aware, um, I think the, the athletic market in itself is an amazing opportunity and a standalone. Uh, but if you start kind of letting your imagination flow, um, I think uh, it becomes very, very exciting. So you were an academic, uh, and uh, and uh, folks listening to a podcast can't quite see the eye roll that uh, <laughs> I got when I said that. But now you're an entrepreneur, and I'm curious whether when you were an academic, you always knew you were going to be an entrepreneur, or you know, some have entrepreneurship thrust upon them. Uh, What about uh, you? Is it what you always thought or did it just sort of happen? I have to be honest, um, both Rafa and I, the reason why we really got along, I think from the early stages was because we knew that engineering was not not the final goal for us. We really wanted to build something that could make it to the hands of the everyday individual. And um, I actually, I joined joined bioengineering because I knew I liked to build stuff and I, I knew that's where I thought that was one of the industries which uh, was definitely going to transform the way that people live their daily lives the most. And um, I, I got in and initially I, I, I knew I wanted to start a business actually. I, I went in and I knew I wanted to start a business. I went in and I realized that um, kind of one year down the line I was learning all these amazing technical things and then I had no idea how to start a business. And actually, what I thought was um, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I never sold a product in my life. And for me, that was, um, that was a scary thing. That how can I be an entrepreneur? How can I start my own business if I don't know how to sell a product? So what I did is actually I, got, um, I went to, to get an experience which was completely different. So I said, uh, okay, I'll park my technical development for a second and I'll go to something that's completely different. And what I did is I, um, I joined a C-suite marketing company. So actually what we were doing is um, I joined a company and it was literally just the founder and myself. I flew over to the Philippines in Manila, that was where the job was. And um, what we were doing is essentially we were selling dinners. We were selling dinners to connect industries from one continent to another. And we were doing this um, basically by promising executives in one company to put them around in a dinner table with 15 other executives of their target audience. And um, I joined there, we had zero, zero clients. And then we got the first two clients in the first month and really working on those projects. And it literally was only day in and day out, just calling people and, and trying to you know, sell a product and selling them a dinner. And it was, I was a 20 year old calling the executives of these companies and trying to convince them that they should be coming to our dinner because it was worth their time. 
And uh, it was an amazing experience. I think that's when I first got the, um, an understanding of what it means really to sell, sell something. And then, um, but then after that, I was like, do I really, realistically really want to sell dinners for the rest of my life? And as, uh, it's very exciting, but um, um, I knew that I was working on all these amazing things back back in, at Imperial. So I was like, kind of got back. Then I met Raf, started bouncing ideas off each other, and we got started. Do you think you would have been able to do what you've done with the company if you hadn't had that experience of selling dinners to folks? Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, I do think the the one most the most important thing that this the experience at Ortis the company was called Ortis taught me was really um like how to get punched in the face and just keep on going, and I feel as a founder you get punched in the face every single day, from every single direction from the product not working the way that you think it's working or from investors saying no continuously meeting after meeting, or um, you know, the last minute emergencies. And, and really, I think just having this kind of door-to-door sales experience really taught me how to get punched in the face repeatedly every single day, but keep on going. So, um, yeah, I think pro- probably not. Probably I wouldn't have enjoyed the difficulties of being a founder if it weren't for that. You know, uh, what you just said is one of the really kind of fundamental things we've uh, learned over years, Bill and I, in operating these funds. Uh, in some ways, beyond all the science and all of the complexity, it is really as simple as just keep going. If you start something and you refuse to stop, at some point you'll accumulate enough knowledge, you'll accumulate enough customers, you'll accumulate enough uh, differentiation. The world, which may ignore you at the beginning, will change and come around. And uh, simple uh, stick to and uh, uh, the courage to just not quit is a big part of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it's definitely the number one most challenging thing of being a founder is just getting the strength to keep on going. So uh, 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 do you think uh, you'll be, is this the company for your life or is this the first company uh, in your life? Uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows? I think um, if I let my imagination loose, this is um, the company. But then as, um, there's so many other, th- there are a few things that I have always kind of wanted to work in. But in the end, I think it boils down to, um, um, I guess it boils down to three things for me. It really boils down to working with people that I like, um, having an impact, and um and working on something that I think is worth my time and that I can really add value to. And as long as I do these three things, I think it's, it's, um, it's, 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 a, it's, it's great and, it, and I'll, I'll enjoy the process. And the moment in which I guess I can't have any of these three things, then maybe that's when I'll move on. Got it. That's probably as good a place to leave it for now as, uh, as any. So great to uh, have a chance to see you. Congratulations on getting off to such a great start. Uh, I think it's a wonderful uh, product and uh, uh, we uh, have uh, really high expectations for it and you guys. So thanks for being here.